You beauty. G'day guys and welcome to Dreams Into Success. I'm your host, Chris Goodrope, and each episode we bring you an inspiring story or message that will encourage you to face your fears and live your dreams. Before we get started today, I just want to say a big thank you to our sponsors here at Dreams Into Success, Robert Oatley Wines and Rode Microphones. And don't forget to visit my website, chrisgoodrope.com. Follow this podcast on Instagram at Dreams Into Success and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Dreams Into Success if you want to watch the episodes. Or if you prefer to listen, you can find me at Apple iTunes or Spotify so you don't miss an episode. This is episode number three with leading Australian performing artist, Ben Clark. Today, I'm excited to have a talented performing artist who has captured audiences not only across the country here in Australia, but also around the world. A former member of the famous and much-loved group, The Ten Tenors, and a semi-finalist on Channel 9's The Voice in 2018, where he was coached by Delta Goodrum. This artist has met and performed for The Pope and for Oprah Winfrey, and has done Australians proud, bowing out our national anthem in front of hundreds of thousands of fans at major events. Boxing Day, Ashes Tests at the MCG, Wallabies Games, State of Origin at the NRL, even the Boomers versus the USA basketball team. He's also a proud husband and father. Mate, you've done it all. Please welcome Ben Clark. Clarky, how mate, are you, mate? Your introduction precedes me, mate. That's, uh, I'll tell you what, if I could get that every day getting out of bed, I'd be pumped full of, uh, I'd be, yeah, just wrapped. Thanks for that. <laughs> no, that's fine, mate. How are you anyway? Mate, good. I mean, the whole world's a bit crazy at the minute and we're all, everything's upside down and topsy-turvy, but I feel like, uh, you know, I'm doing as, as, as well as anyone could be at the minute. That's good, mate. Yeah. That's good, good to hear. Now, mate, I'll get straight into it. Before, um, before you got famous... <laughs> Mate, you and I actually grew up together. We're just having a chat off off yeah, air then. Yeah. Um, we uh, yeah, we grew up. We went to school together. We did. And I've since I've known you, you you've been performing ever since I've known you. Like, can yeah. you take us back to those like sort of formative years? Well, yeah. For me, um, as a as a singer, it all started at Ivanhoe Grammar, Plenty Campus, uh, 1998. Eight was my first ever attempt at singing. And basically what happened for me was um, I was the class clown. I was, you know, I'm sure you remember, I loved the attention. <laughs> I loved, uh, you know, anyone laughing at me. And I think the teachers kind of, well, firstly had enough of it. Yep. And then <clears throat> decided, you know, to put it into something positive. And so they just suggested going into the, mu- the school musical. That's what I did and uh, loved it. And it kind of just snowballed from there. I um, did the, every musical after that and started doing it outside of school, started doing singing lessons, and it was just a passion of mine that I kind of hung on to and <laughs> now I'm too stubborn to let it go. <laughs> Mate, it's funny you say that because that's one of the things that I do remember back in the day. Like it was, it was the musicals, it was in the choir, it was singing at the front of the school. Mate, you're always um, – Front and center, and it seems as though you've always had this 
performance like sort of gene in you. Like mm. you've, you've really felt, I suppose, from afar looking at it, yep. really comfortable in front of people and, and you really enjoyed, I suppose, performing, haven't you? Very much so. And I think for, for me growing up, I feel like I found, I found an identity when I was performing. I think a lot of people, if they were forced to do public speaking or perform in front of a group of people, they would um, naturally shut off or, you know, get nervous and not, that's not their thing at all. For me, when I did it, I felt a sense of freedom and I felt um, kind of at home. And that was from the very, very start. And so I feel now when I sing, it's more, it's the truest sense of me when, I, when I'm performing. Yeah, it's wow. as honest and open as I can be. That's awesome, yeah. mate. Like, and a lot of people, I suppose, um, geez, we're getting deep real early, but a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> mate, a lot of people um, probably don't, either one, don't find it or take a long bloody time to find it, don't yeah, you? And yeah. you, you, you've seen but found it very early yep. um, at a young age and now uh, it sort of did it became your passion or your dream to, to sing? Yeah, well, absolutely. I think it was it – was, the dream was always there from from the very outset, but I I guess formalizing the dream, giving the dream a vision. I mean, a dream can remain a dream if you don't give it steps and actions to get the dream. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so um, I'm lucky that firstly I went, we went to a great school, and I was um, <clears throat> mentored really well. I think in my younger years, even before singing, I could have gone a, a complete other way. I grew up um, in a really small town with 80 kids at my primary school. And wow. I joined, and I joined the school um, in grade four, which was really hard for me to, to break into that tight circle of kids that have been friends for so long. For me, um, finishing that and going to a new school, high, high school, Ivanhoe grammar and f- finding singing, it was just a, a snowball effect for me. And yeah. I haven't looked back. Mate, you haven't. You haven't. And I suppose um, like growing up as, as young kids and we, we, we're talking about school now and, and how it all started, for me, you know, my um, I always wanted to be a, a sports star, you know, like the, the next Michael Jordan or the next Gary Ablett Senior, you know, that's, that's what we're growing up. That's showing the, showing the age. But for you, who was your um, – you found your passion, yep. you found your dream in your singing. Who yep. was your – Idol or someone you looked up to as a musician growing up that you thought, geez. I really tried to look um, close, close to home. I never wanted to draw the arrow too far back. And I'm, I, maybe that's just the type of person I am because I don't, I don't love to commit to things wholeheartedly if I don't believe there's a, a, a genuine chance of success. Yeah. And so for me, uh, when I was growing, I mean, I, lo- I love John Farnham. My mum mm. and dad could only get me to sleep with Spring Jack. With that Spring was, Jack, that was the, oh, mate, oh, come on. Uh, the best. The best. The best. Uh, and then I think when, when I was trying to establish what, what I was as a performer, David Campbell was a really big influence on me. Um, I didn't even know he was Jimmy Barnes' son. Like I was buying his CDs and stuff, and he's this he – back then, he, well, and he still is, but he was this – really great cabaret singer singing music that was lyrically beautiful. And that's where I found that I hooked into. And a song for me with a story, I can sing a song to you now 
that I sang when I was a kid and in my head I will see the same the same story. Wow. So yeah. it really is. And, mate, yeah, I've seen that. I think all of Australia have seen that with your performances. Like you, you do give 110%. <laughs> and it's a real – and you do. You, re, you tell a real story. It's really true when, you know, people – certainly the artists talk about when they sing it, it's them telling a story and it, it's exactly what you've just said now. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me the biggest challenge with that is not – is giving little bits of the story away gradually. That's, you know, I'm not the most, um, what's the word? I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but I, I, I do. I do everything I do. I, I go all out. But mate, you build it up to, oh, <laughs> you just get to this level and all of a sudden it's happening. You yeah. Know? It's taken a bit of time to perfect. Yeah. Not in sense, certainly not perfected by, by any means, but, um, the, the, the ability to gradually, um, let bits of this, of a story and, and emotion go. Throughout throughout a song, rather yeah. than just ah, yeah. here I am, mate. That's awesome. <clears throat> I want to um, have a chat now about how, how did it all come about being um, a part of the Ten Tenors. I, I think you're you're quite young then. How long? Well, left school. What what twenty one? Uh, yeah, yeah. I yep. I was twenty when I I actually auditioned to, for them three times before I got in. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So my first tour, I turned twenty three on tour. Yeah, twenty three on tour. Wow! So you know, I was in uh, in Spain, and it must have been a surreal feeling, mate, being a part of that group. Yep. Um, and you're not just—you just mentioned Spain. You're not just traveling the world, but you're doing what you love. Yep. For one. Yep. And you're doing it with nine other mates. Like, yep. <laughs> mate, it would have been a—it would have been an amazing time in your life. Well, here's a, the thing: is I nearly lost the job after six months. Because oh I, I was, it goes back to me um, learning about to do things gradually. When I first got in, I was so excited. I was prepared. I was so prepared. I had to learn 52 songs in six weeks in six different languages. So it was a, the, 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 the. You're joking me. I've never committed myself to something more in my life than those six weeks. And that is, I was a mess. I had four different singing teachers and I was just driving around Melbourne to different lessons because this guy was good at Spanish, this guy was good at Italian, this girl knew French. And so when I was once I got there and I knew I knew all the material, that that was fine. It, when you step into a job with nine other guys who have travelled the world together, so they're tight. It's almost like going back to my primary school with the eight kids. What you mentioned before, yeah. You, yeah, well, I had a real t- tough time trying to break into that, and I was just, I was like the annoying little brother that went too hard too early, and it kind of almost backfired on me. The wow. Boys, the boys didn't gel to me straight away. So how did that, so, <clears throat> and that's great insight, mate. So you had some challenges early on. So how did that, was it just a, a taking a breath almost and stepping back, or how, or did yeah. you have a mentor on tour that, that helped you? Take you through it or? Well, we, at the end of that six months, we had a, a break and um, there was an, 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 a member who had stepped away for a while who wanted to come back, uh, quite a popular member, and the group loved him. And so he was coming back. There was a new guy coming in and um, I remember I was coming out of the gym and my boss called me and 
we're just having a chat and he goes, listen, mate, I just want to let you know, uh, I just want to tell you why we decided to fire Shorty and not you. And that was the first time I ever even knew my feet were in hot water. God, you would have almost fallen off the chair. Uh, yeah. You pulled over. It was a, it was a, I've never, I've never forgotten it, but that was the moment that meant that I, I, I learned things. Once I learned something, it's, it's learned, mm. it's done. And I knew at that minute, I've got to, you know, he told me and then that was it. Wow. Pulled my head in. And now some of my best mates are from that group. Yeah. So, and the rest is history, yeah, mate. Yeah. That's it. And t- during the 10 tennis, I mentioned in this, at the start, you, you sang and met Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Uh, the Pope, can you, <laughs> who else have you, have you and, how, and how was that as well? Well, the, Oprah was, was awesome because it wasn't just, like it was when she came to Australia and it, the whole thing was happening up on um, Hamilton Island. So we got flown up to Hamilton Island and then, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the situation, they basically shut down a beach for her and all, the, all, of, all of her guests that she brought over. Curtis Stone, the celebrity chef, was yep. there cooking prawns and stuff. Oh. And um, she drops in from a helicopter. <laughs> and as she's walking in, we're singing um, What a Wonderful World or I Still Call Australia Home or something like that. But that she's the only only person who I've met who when she when we actually met, I physically felt the air leave my body. She has a real or about absolute yeah. or about her. Yeah. Um yeah, she was pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh mate, that's outstanding. I actually I, think, I remember um <clears throat> Mother's Day, I reckon it would have been about four or five years ago. I reckon I took mum to see the ten tennis. You were obviously there then. Yeah. Um could have been even at the arts. Uh yeah, we love a good Mother's Day show. Yeah, or the forum well, not the forum, that's um, um the, the, the the It would have been at the arts centre, I reckon. Where we used to do the Ivano stuff. Yeah, Hamer Hall. Hamer Hall. Yeah, 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 mate, outstanding. Now, the decision to leave the group. So yep. obviously um, you've come in, you've just told that story about yep. the six months. Now you know, okay, I'm serious. You were there for what, five, six years? Six years. Six years. Yep. The decision to leave, what, um, what brought about that? Kids. Yeah. I, I, throughout that whole six years that I was on the road, I had uh, I started off as a girlfriend, then a fiancé. And then a wife, and she'd stuck with me for that whole time. Oh, that's impressive. Through the world, <laughs> takes a pretty special girl to, um, to do that. And we, you know, we've been together since we're eighteen. And uh, I always wanted kids. Yep. And she, at the time, was really wanting kids as well. And it just felt like it was the right time because if not, then when? Yep. Like you can always put it off. Until you can't, you know? Yeah. So um, that was in 2000 and end of 2013. And then, yeah, we ended up having Ivy. And, mate, that must be satisfying in itself knowing that you sort of, you didn't get that phone call saying, you know, we're not coming, <laughs> you're leaving on your own terms. Yeah. And you're doing so for what everyone, a lot of people we all live for is family. You yeah. Know? Um, that must have been a good Good feeling and, and uh, yeah. to leave on your own terms and to know that you've given yourself, you've given it all and you've had a real good crack here. Yeah, it was, look, it was the right decision in hindsight now, but going through it, you know, you, 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 con- you do, you question yourself, you go, am, am, I, am I doing the right thing? And you, you get concerned because, you know, uh, yeah, I was singing a lot overseas, but 
you know, a lot of the people who hire people in Australia hadn't heard of me. Right. Because I've been away. I've been away. Yeah. yeah. So um, it, there was a definite transition there. And, it, I mean, singing and music, there's always transitions. But leaving the 10 tenors and then trying to find where, my, where I was in, a, in Melbourne was, was tricky for sure. Well, I was going to say, like, you would have thought, um, and, and now I'm getting an insight because my next question was, surely it would have opened up endless opportunities back home here in Australia or at least helped you put, get your foot in the door yeah. um, to, you know, for performances, whether it's plays or, or singing or performing. Um, what, and this is leading on from that, mm. if you had just one performance, which one would you actually go back and, and relive again? Oh, that's a oh, that's a ripper. <laughs> that's a ripper question. I've done my research. Yeah, no. Well, I oh, I mean, there's different ways you can. There's there's been there's been times where I've sung and I've felt so connected and in tune to what I'm singing that it's just like time stopped, and they're they're special moments. But I probably haven't connected them to a place. I mean, aesthetically, I've sung in some beautiful theatres. I've sang in some crazy places. I've sung in um, a, a bull ring in Spain. Wow. I've, um, you know, I, I'm a big sports fan, as you know, brother. Yeah. And standing, you know, in the middle of the MCG doing the um, Advanced Australia Fair for Ashes was. Mate, describe that. Like, that just would have been <laughs> insane. Oh, I remember yeah. the lead up. I reckon you posted it on social media. Guys, tune in. Um, it was just before Christmas in the lead up to it. Boxing Day. I'm like, mate, <laughs> this must be every performer's dream. Yeah. Boxing Day. Not only just Boxing Day, the test. That's yeah. the ashes. Yeah. Um, and in front of 100,000 people. Mate, what, what was that like? Well, the first thing, well, I, Christmas Day is my favourite day of the year. So that was, I had to pull up a bit Christmas Day. That was the first thing. That's, this is how serious I take my singing career. <laughs> I pulled up Christmas Day. And those who know wow. will, will know that that's a big, that's a big <laughs> ask. Um, but for me, it was, a, it was a very special day. Firstly, I had to get there super early, real early, like 6 o'clock, because they want to do sound checks and all that sort of stuff. And so you got, I, got, I had the whole MCG to myself, watching the curators paint on the logos and, um, you know, just seeing them put the final touches and knowing that the ground's going to be chockers just in a few hours. I just did laps of the MCG and just took it all in. Soaked felt, it all up. Yeah. Soaked it up, felt um, honoured, privileged, proud, and and it wasn't so much about doing a good job or anything like that. It was just, it was, the high, for me, personally, the highlight of my career has been that. Really? Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, that's amazing because, as I said in the intro, mate, you've just done so much mm. and you've just reached – is it not a, only across the world, around the world, but in Australia as well? So, fast forward then from that moment. Yep. Fast forward to The Voice yep. in 2018. Yep. Blind auditions. You, you decided you come out and you sing Caruso by Lucio Dalla. Yep. Which, mate, I'm struggling to even pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> and technically, it's bloody hard. Yeah. Mate, you didn't. You didn't just turn one chair, mm. but you turned all, all four of them. Yep. 
Mate, can you share that feeling of pride? Like you, you must have like thought, shit, I've done pretty well here, haven't I? <laughs> it was um, the thing about a show like that is they're they're really great. They're really great at turning even the most seasoned, well versed performer into a bundle of nerves. Because you'd already achieved so much, and like you just said, you'd already you'd already sang at the um, the Boxing Day Test. You've been a part of the Ten Tenors. You've done all these other major events. You've you've sung in a ball ring, you know, in Spain. <laughs> and then to it's almost like throwing yourself out there. Yeah, yeah, not knowing what. Like it could have been a feeling if no one turned. Yeah, you would just would have been, or they would have been shattered for one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you were, but yeah, I suppose to have that. I'm just thinking now to take that risk, but then obviously for it to pay off, mate, because it was unbelievable performance to have all four chairs in oh, turn. Thanks. Well, yeah, it, I mean, it, it was that time in my in my career. I, we had Caitlin and I had Owen, and uh, so we had two kids, and I pretty much had stepped away from from singing. I'm got a one awesome. Um, wedding band that I'm a part of and, and we do awesome stuff all over Australia. But I I just joined them and I, I didn't know where where I was and what I was doing trying to get my feet back into performing. And so one of my good mates from the Ten Tenors, Luke Kennedy, he came second on The Voice in the second season and he rang me up and he goes, look, it's not, you know, because I think reality tally and rightly so for some aspects but get a get a pretty bum steer he goes it's not what you think it is it's you know it's it's legit it's you know, it's uh they, they treat you well they're not there to you know slander you or make you look like a deal or anything like that so and the initial chat to luke was what got me to got me to do it and i think feeling like i had that little bit of inside information from someone who's been there and done it put me at ease yeah um and I knew that I was going to go in there and do something that is from a classical type of realm, but I really wanted to do, I didn't want it to just be classical. I wanted to have some rawness to it, some, some emotion. Uh, and, and Your I wanted, own touch. And my own touch. And I wanted to, you know, even though it was in another language, I wanted it to tell a story. And the, the story of Caruso is, it's a beautiful, beautiful song and a, the story's a bit sad, but it's like a like a pole. Yeah. It's sensational. Yeah, mate. Amazing, as I say. And I'd love to know what was it like on the show? What was it like working with such an iconic Australian singer in Delta, Goodrum? She surprised me, man. I must admit, I I didn't I don't know what I really expected, but I didn't ex I I don't think I expected the celebrities or the coaches or, or yeah to want to bond with us as much as, well, definitely as much as she did. I can't talk for the other coaches because we really didn't have much to do with them. But um, we were over at her house every other day, you know, for dinner and drinks and all that sort of stuff. And then she was also really great at uh, individualising how she would approach each of her team. So she was she was. Very smart, very smart in that. And she's done it. She's done a few seasons of it. She's, you know, I think she's only missed out on one. 
And she, uh, you know, I feel like she got the best out of, of me and, and, and my style. Yep. And, you know, I can't thank her enough, actually. Mate, that's awesome. That's awesome. And look, it's probably seen from afar as well that you guys got along well. And I think she did make some great song choices for you as well. Because, <laughs> I mean, I think your talent gets you, um, I mean, you're yourself as your talent are going to get so far. But I think it also helps with the song choice, particularly for those, I mean, it's hard, daddy control, isn't it? Because people are voting from around Australia, really. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, mate, that's, that's fantastic. Mate, what, um, my, my advice was, well, my next question was, you know, in terms of taking the plunge and going back on the voice, mm-hmm. did that reignite the fire in the belly? Like, I, I know, or did or didn't, it didn't no. leave? Like, you, no. you always knew. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm, all I've ever wanted to do and all I will ever want to do, I mean, it changes now you have kids because, you know, it's, uh, you do what you got to do. So, if, you know, just for whatever reason, if singing, if I had an injury or whatever, you know, you do what you got to do. But the, the, the voice didn't reignite a fire for me. The fire was there. Um, it just was, it's all about opportunity and create. I was just trying to create an opportunity. That was it. Um, something to, something to propel me back into, um, the professional mu- music world yeah, and just, just have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel as though it really helped you in terms of, you said when you came back from the 10 tenors that, um, you know, everyone knew you when you were overseas yes. coming back to Australia yep. really developed your name. I, I mean, you already had your name, but like it helped again being on the show. I think much more than the tenors and definitely like what are we we're yeah two years gone now from from it uh and the i would say yeah the first i mean and then we're in the middle of a bloody pandemic so how do do we how do we um judge that but definitely the the first the first year for me opened a lot more opportunities And, and and as i said that's all i wanted because if you give me an opportunity i'll make an opportunity out of the next opportunity Exactly. And that's basically what I've done. So from, from that opportunity, the group who hired me to sing the national anthem for the, the Wallabies have from there since booked me six or seven times Wow! since then. Yeah. And that's repeat booking for Musos is yeah. like gold. That's gold. Yeah. yeah. Mate, what advice would you give? What, what, what advice can you pass on to this year's contestants of The Voice? Because I've seen it already advertised now on Channel 9 and yeah. um, they must have already done the filming for it. But what <coughs> advice to the listeners and, and the viewers out there would you, <laughs> would you pass on? Um, what would I pass on? I would, I would suge- I mean, it, 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 as you said, they're, they're, it, some of it's been filmed already, but I would say know what, you're, what you want to portray. Because in a show like The Voice and any reality television show, they need to create a character. Um, and for me, it was Opera Dad. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you did to get nicknamed that. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so that was my thing, Opera Dad. Um, the guy who won it was the beatboxer. And I think, again, my mate Luke, who came second on The Voice, he said, you need to be summed up in a sentence. Mm. And I would, that would be my thing. Wow. Some be summed up in a sentence, 
because then people will remember you. That's cool. That's powerful. And that just doesn't just go for singing really either. Well, life, yeah. Life in general. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll take good bloke. <laughs> That'll do. That'll work for me. Ripper bloke, good bloke. Ripper bloke. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, do you think the Australian music industry is in good shape at the moment? Oh, I, and the reason I ask that, oh, sorry, I it was only three or four weeks ago during this pandemic mm-hmm. that we had that concert on TV where yep. all the musicians sang at home. Yep. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, hey, there's so many talented people in Australia. Yeah. So, yeah, I ask you, do you think the industry is in, a, in good shape? Absolutely. I think, you know, the, there's so many different flavours and genres and styles of music that are being portrayed all o- over Australia because we're so multicultural, we're so, we're so vast, such a big country. Um, the styles that you'll hear from, from Perth, will be different to the styles that you hear in Brisbane. And the hotspots, they change. Like 10 years ago, I love Brisbane, but 10 years ago, Brisbane, you wouldn't consider Brisbane necessarily in, in a place where it would be a, a hotspot for emerging music. Yeah. But it is now, and it's the same as Perth. Like these other major capitals of Australia are, pres- are providing major talent now, and they always have been, but it, it's just getting bigger and better. Yeah. And you know what? This is the thing. With a pandemic, all musos are doing right now are feeling shitty, a bit downtrodden, a bit some are feeling neglected, forgotten, and I'll guarantee you that some of the best music and, and songs will come from it. Will come out of it, Absolutely. won't Absolutely. Yeah. Not from me. <laughs> <laughs> not from me. I'm too busy with like you're booked up. I'm, 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 yeah. The only songs I'm listening to are Peppa Pig and bloody. <laughs> but you've got a family to look yeah, after these days. But I, I do believe that. And I think that'll extend into, um, you know, uh, books, podcasts. I think some, some great creative things will come from this because mm. people have had more time on their hands and more emotion. Yeah. No, nah, absolutely, mate. Mate, it's not always smooth sailing as an artist. What would be your most important lesson that you've learnt along your journey? Suck it up, suck it up, mate. You're not gonna you you're not gonna get every audition. You're gonna get told no more than you're gonna get told yes. And no matter how small an opportunity, it could be an the biggest thing that could ever happen to you. Every opportunity you get blessed to have, you got to snatch it and make sure that you do everything you can to be as good as you can. Mate, that's powerful. So uh, that is so powerful. Like being able to, um, and this comes back to, you know, what the podcast is about really, mate, being able to get knocked down but then realise, you know, keep fighting through and then recognise that opportunity and, and run with it. Yeah. I mean, for it must be difficult for someone who's good at more than one thing. <laughs> so I'm I'm lucky in that aspect that the one thing that I can do better than 99% of people is sing and, and, and there's not much, everything. I'm just an average Joe for everything else. So I'm, I don't have to pick and choose. That's my passion. It's my, it's what I'm good at. And so I, I just, I just got to. Mm. I, and sometimes I can't even – I can't put it into words. This, I've just got to do it. Mm. I have to do it. Yeah. No, that's great, mate. Mate, what's, um, what's life like for you today? 
And and what brings you joy and happiness? I mean, you've touched on your family. Mm. Um, I know you've got another little one on the way too very soon. Yeah, I certainly do. My wife is, uh, she's eight, you know, eight months. She's nine months pregnant on like tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. So she's ready to go. She's, she's, a, <laughs> she's, a, <laughs> she's doing a great job, but she's ready to have this baby. Number, yeah. number three coming soon. So that's, um, that's our next uh, project, our next big task that we've got to tackle. Um, and, and then f- from there, it's just, it's just get through this pandemic. Really. Mm. I, I think like a lot of people, we're just treading water. Mm. You know, we're making sure I'm trying not to go backwards and we'll just keep going with the stream. Keep going with forward. the flow. Just, yeah. It's slowed down a bit, but just keep going forward. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's, that's where we're at. It's right. actually kind of, in some respects, it's, there's been some really good things to come out of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, oh, for me personally, being able to get back to Melbourne, spend time with the family, it's just yeah. been something that wouldn't have happened. You know, I'm usually live in Sydney, mm-hmm. come back to Melbourne for a weekend. Yeah. Um, and in that weekend, I'm usually going to the footy or doing something. <laughs> yeah. So I see the family is minimal, but, like, it's just been so nice to see the family and, and realise what's important, isn't just it? Slow, slow down. I slow think down. a lot of people will realise from this that we were just so busy before. Maybe too busy. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but, you know. And sometimes it's not good to be busy. Not that busy. I don't, I don't think, I mean, you gotta, you gotta strive and all that sort of stuff. But if some, if it's at the expense of something else, then. Mm. Yeah. No, great. It's all a juggle. Mate, final couple of questions. (laughs) Um, We, what are the three lessons, not just in your music, but in life as well. Yep. That you would pass on to all the listeners out there. So, so three things that you've learned. Um, that you would pass on and give advice to, um, to either any musician yep. or anyone in life coming through? Uh, what's helped me? I reckon for me it's been um, no one else's opinion of you matters by your own. I think that's one thing I've, I've, I've learned. I like that. I yep. think that's um, held, you know, good stead for me. Um, number two would be tough times don't last, but, you know, strong people do. Like there's no point beating, you know, like at the moment I, I'm, not, I'm not earning any money singing. I'm working at Woolies yeah. at the moment because I've got to. That's mm. all I've got to do. And I know it's not forever, but getting up at 4 o'clock to go and do this job for my family, for my kids, for my wife, it's empowering me, and I know in some weird roundabout way it will affect my singing as well. I'm sure of it, mm. and I, I'm really excited actually to see yeah. what comes from it. Absolutely. Um, number three would be suck it up. Mm, I th- like yeah. I said before, yeah, I, I, yeah. I've done a lot of sucking up in my in my time. You know, I haven't I haven't always had my own way, and I haven't got it easy in everything I've had. Singing wise, I've earned it, but shit, it's been hasn't been easy. Nah, and nah. I've just had to suck it up. Yeah, nah. so mate, absolutely, that would be it. Mate, that's awesome. <laughs> that is unreal. That's so good, Clarky. I want to um, acknowledge you, mate. You're you're upbeat. 
positive attitude, um, your love for your family, um, everything you've achieved in life and, and, and the way you go about it as well, mate, just a genuine great, or great bloke or good bloke, yes, a good bloke, great bloke. In a sentence. Um, mate, it's a real credit to you, mate, and I really appreciate you coming on. Um, just one thing, though, my switchboard's been blowing up. My, oh. my Twitter account's been going off. Mate, the fans want to see it. Um, you mentioned Johnny Farnham before. Yeah. Are you ready to um, belt out a bit of a You're the Voice for me? <laughs> you're a mate, you're lucky get... you got a six-pack of Coronas yeah. out there, I'll tell you what. I know, I know, mate. What I'll do, why don't I give you, I've got an idea, why don't I give you a bit of a, I can do the intro for you. Wait, you're going to sing it with me? I'm not, mate, no chance. Oh. No. Um, I'll do the intro so I can press um, play on my Spotify. So you get the intro, then I'll, then right I'll right pause on. it and you can, you can come in. You're All the right? host, mate. Oh. Hold on. <clears throat> Haven't sung in eight weeks. We're going, to, we're going to test it out, haven't we? Here we go. Oh. Oh. We have. The chance to turn the pages over. We can write what we want to write. We gotta make ends meet before we get much older. Ooh, we're all someone's daughter. We're all someone's son. Listen, mate, you're just such a huge talent. And as I said, really, really appreciate you coming on today. Pleasure, mate. Um, mate, where can people follow you? Where, where, and how can they find you? Where, where can they yeah, follow you on social mate, media? Uh, I've got a um, Facebook fan page and an Insta fan page, Ben Clark Sings, all one word. Um, jump on there, say good day. Um, yeah, I, I love interacting with, with the fans and all that sort of stuff. So if anyone's, you know. Loves yep. a bit of opera, Dad. Come <laughs> say good day. <laughs> Mate, absolutely. You're a bloody legend. Cheers, Final question for today. What's your definition of success? Being happy. Mate, love That's it. it. You're a bloody legend. Cheers, Thanks, Clarky. Well Gee, I enjoyed that episode with Clarky. Such a down-to-earth and genuine guy, and in his words, a good bloke. There were some great messages to take away, including how to find your passion and develop your identity. But what I loved was how Ben defined success as happiness and being happy. And just a reminder, guys, if you enjoyed this episode today, please share it with your friends, tag me on Instagram, and subscribe to Apple iTunes and Spotify accounts so you don't miss an episode. Until next time, you guys know what to do. Get out there, face those fears, and live those dreams. You'll be okay.